Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's time for JT The Brick. How are we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? What do we want to talk about with the Raiders? So I want to see an interception. I want to see some sacks. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked! Deshaun Bauer had him around the waist. And the Raiders' defense holds on fourth down. And then your boy JT got it right. JT The Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. I don't spend a lot of time on teams that don't make the playoffs. We talk about what matters in championships and winning here. It's Big Boy Radio. That is the best atmosphere in a preseason game that I've ever been a part of. And that's easy to say that, clearly. Get your ass out here and get ready. Here we go. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, the aftermath on a Monday. Welcome to Raider Nation Radio on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on the mobile app. We appreciate everybody listening. Those who caught us last night on the post-game show as the Raiders suffered a monumental, disastrous loss in Jacksonville after going up 17 to nothing. You know the story by now. What we do on Monday, we call it the aftermath. Win or lose, and there's been way too many losses on these Mondays, and we're about the halfway point of the season, and we have another Monday where we have to exercise our demons. We have to open up the show here, be really honest. We have to be critical, and we have to figure out what, as Vince Lombardi would say, what the hell is going on out there. Welcome in. We're brought to you by PT's Best Happy Hour in Town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. They fuel my monologue. Head on out to PT's where the Golden Knights are on fire, winning all the time now, and that's a great place as they're the proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights, and we are the proud partner of Lotus as our flagship station for the Golden Knights is in the building with us here with the Raiders. Uh, A lot to cover today. It's been a really difficult time for Raider fans. I care about the fans, not me. Don't worry about me. No one does. It's what I do for a living. It's part of the job requirement. Some people go deep into coal mines. Some people have to put out forest fires. Some people have to put out house fires. This is not a difficult job. It's difficult when you want the team to win and you want the fans to be happy and you want the fans to celebrate great things. And you come in here and you continue to clean up what has been now a toxic oil spill in game management and how this team can't win games against inferior rosters, fact, not fiction, against teams they should beat. And that's really what I want to open up the show with here. You know, there's a lot of ways of looking at this. Right now, in Vegas, this is just Vegas, this is in Oakland or L.A., in Vegas, this is the worst it's been in regards to the fans uh, being irate and pissed off. I'm very well aware of that. Believe me. Look at my Twitter. Listen to the calls. You hear the fans here. And I understand that. And I hope you respect the fact that I understand that. And we want to hear from you today. You know, what's happened here is just a combination of everything going wrong at the same time. Everything is going wrong at the same time. There's no consistency With the drama. The drama is so severe when it comes to what's happening during a game and how it could go from such a high to such a low. It's confusing a lot of people. 
Because I think people aren't looking at the final score. They're looking at how the Raiders got to the final score, and it's tripping them out, triggering them, because they can't believe it. In the game, they go to the high of highs and euphoria and happiness, and then they go to the lowest depths of hell in the loss. Normally, that doesn't happen in sports. You lose the game. You lose 42-17. to You lose 34-21. to you, know, you don't lose this way. So even the greatest of the Raider Nation and the greatest Raider fans are sitting around going, whoa, what? How did that happen? Why did it happen? How could something like this potentially go wrong the way it went wrong? And what that is, the best way I can describe it, all it is is it's adding fuel to the fire. You're taking fans that are pissed off because of the money that they're spending, the passion for the team, the love of the team, and then you're teasing them like a little toddler would tease another toddler until that toddler breaks down and has a fit and starts running around the house and throwing glass all over the place, and you're going, what the hell happened here? This is what's going on. It's the high of highs and the lowest of lows in a matter of 10 minutes. So as I've told you this, it's a combination of everything. Poor coaching, poor execution, players being injured, players not playing well, and then, as I talked about, a lot of fluke stuff. You know, I talk to also to people who aren't triggered. I talk to rational people at times, too, who have rational explanations. As one told me today, look, you know, the three games they lost where they were up by 17-plus. Throw out Kansas City. They could have been up 24 nothing and lost that game. It's Kansas City. But the other two, the Arizona and the Jacksonville game, all they got to do is step on the gas, finish the games, and they're 4-4. Four and four. And if it's 4-4, four and four, there's, no, there's not a worry in the world in the Raider Nation. A little bit. A little bit because you look at where, where's Waller, what's happening with Carr, checking down again, what's happening. But the Raiders are 4-4. Four and four. So there's a lot of flukiness, for lack of a better word, thrown into this. I mean, a lot of bad luck thrown into this. A lot of things that are happening that shouldn't happen to a team that's in every game. Now, the glasses half full will not be the theme of the show today because you won't allow it. Rightfully so. You'll make it a glasses half empty show. I'm aware of that. Demond's here with me. Bobby's out today. We want to hear from you. So start dialing now. I'll get to you in the next 10 or 15 minutes at 702-365-9200. But that's the way I see it this year. One play, two plays in a game. The Raiders are 4-4, four and four, but that's what it could have should have radio. But I got to put that out there. I got to at least mention it to you. I'm not going to say because they're, they're losing these games. Every game they're losing by less than a score. Every game they have the lead, a lot of them, or every game they have the ball with an opportunity to win. So this isn't a team where you look at the score 32-14, 41-7, 39-21 and go, oh my God, they're getting boat raced in every game. Quite the contrary. They're winning these games, they're in these games, and they have an opportunity to win, and they're doing good things in a portion of the game to make you say, man, coaching change, new system here, it's kind of a little bit bumpy, but they're doing things to win the game. Can't do that anymore. I told you that last week. I said no more of this, we're close. No more of the P-word playoffs, none of it. It's one game at a time. One game at a time, take it one game at a time, and the schedule opened up beautifully for the Raiders to get on a roll beautifully for the Raiders to get on a roll, and they failed. They failed, and they failed in dramatic fashion. They got shut out in New Orleans, and they blew a 17-point lead in Jacksonville. Are you bleeping kidding me? I mean, are you kidding me? That, that's impossible. It's impossible. 
to lose in New Orleans and not get past the 50 and then go up 17 nothing with Devontae Adams in the first half. I really thought that Devontae was going to have 270 yards receiving in the game. In the first half, Devontae was incredible. It was one of the greatest performances I've seen, and I've been around for Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, a lot of good Raider receivers. I've seen them all. And this was one I was watching, and I'm like, oh, my God, you can throw on these guys all day. And then they stopped doing it. They just got away from it. You want to establish the run? Why? You want to be balanced? You don't need to be balanced in this game. You need to be balanced against the Ravens. You need to be balanced against you know other good teams like the Bills or Kansas City or teams like that. You got to be balanced. You don't have to be balanced against Jacksonville. Just do what's working. Go up and and step on their throat. And for whatever reason, I think all the players, you know, mostly most all of them. I won't say every one of them, but I think most of the players are on the same page, and they want to step on the throat of the opponent, and they can't do it. Because there's too many inferiorities with the team. There's problems with the new system. There's problems with the defensive scheme. There's problems with injuries and players that can't get off get off the table and the tub and play. So all that is happening here where it makes for an opportunity to come back on the Raiders. Really, that's the moral of the that's the the, the message of my monologue. Why is it so Damn easy to come back on the Raiders when you're down so bad the game should be over. And that's what the show is. That's really what we're trying to figure out because Josh McDaniels has had tremendous experience winning. That's all he does is win in this league. He's been in that locker room afterwards for Belichick speeches where he had a lot to do with it. Getting game balls, Tom Brady, I know all that. Derek Carr isn't Tom Brady, but good players there. So all Josh McDaniels has done for most of his life in the NFL is win. So he knows how to win. But the problem is there's a plan in place that we've been trying to tell you about, and the plan isn't working. And is the plan fundamentally flawed, or is the plan pretty good, but they're just collapsing? You can have a pretty good plan and collapse. I mentioned as a former stockbroker, I see that all the time. Good companies have a plan. The stock market crashes, and they're part of the crash. And the plan's pretty good, and they're like, well, the stock's down 60%. Stock's down 35%. Same morale in the building, same people, same vice presidents. It just went south. This has gone south because everybody is to blame. Everybody is to to blame when it comes to finishing these games. They don't have an aggressive nature. They do not have a killer instinct other than maybe the guys that are obvious to all of us who don't want to be individualized. Max Crosby does not want to hear this monologue where I say, Max is fine, it's the other guys. It's not fair to Max. It's not fair to everybody else. Everybody else is not Max. And the same goes to Devontae Adams, who's a winner and came from a program that was winning, and he's looking around going, what? No one can guard me. No one can guard me in the double team, and we're not running every play to me. You run every play to Devontae the entire game, and you get flags and flags in the second half. No one mentioned that on this flagship but me. The point is, you run all the plays to Devontae at that point in the game. A, they can't guard him. B, he's a freaking beast. And C, they owe you flags. They owe you flags. If you keep throwing at Devontae, what would you would you agree with me? 40 to 60% of the plays in the second half to Devontae would have been a flag. They had no stopping him. And they got away from it. Running the ball up the middle on second down. Here we go again. You can't run the ball up the middle on second down. Those guys are too good. 
They wanted you to do that. Every time the Raiders ran the ball, and Josh Jacobs is very good, he's really good, you gave Jacksonville the belief they could win the game. You gave away plays, and Jacksonville just said, wow, (laughs) they're not throwing crossing routes to Hunter Renfro and Devontae? We got a chance. And then the defense can't cover anybody. They can't cover the middle of the field. They can't cover. So if you can't cover, what is Jacksonville going to do? They're just going to throw to where? Say it with me. The middle of the field. Because you can't guard it. You haven't stopped it all year. And you know what Indianapolis is going to do? They fired their coach and Jeff Saturday's the head coach. You know what he's going to say in the meeting Tuesday, Wednesday? Oh, we're just going to throw it to the middle of the field. They're going to say, coach, what are you talking about? He's going, no, no, no. We're going to throw it to the middle of the field. They can't stop it. Look at the film. That's what's going to happen this week. Until the Raiders can stop it or get better players or get to the offseason and move up in the draft and get certain players. So that's how I see a portion of it. It is a gut punch of epic proportions. No matter what I say, there's going to be trolls that say I'm, I'm not hard enough on them. And I know where the ledge is because I have a lot of respect for the people involved here. When it comes to the head coach, Josh McDaniels, if I'm not the only person, I'm one of the only person who gets to sit down with him privately and interview him here. He's a good man. He's a great husband. He's a great father. No one cares about that anymore. No one cares about the human side of him. What's being said about him is so heinous in some areas of social media, and there was a big feature last night on 60 Minutes, if you didn't see it on social media, heading into the election and where the world is today, and it's just insane what's going on. So this human being, Josh McDaniels, okay, wants to win more than anybody. His job's on the line long term, obviously. He wants to win, and fans are killing him for losing games, which is more than fair, but they're making it completely personal and heinous. And that, I, I saw that with Gruden. I saw it with Passaccia. I interviewed both of the guys. When Masachi was on a losing streak, you wouldn't believe what the fans said. A small portion of them. So the loudest people are the smallest portion here. But everybody has the right to be pissed off. Everyone has the right to call in and be critical. Everybody has the right to sound off like you got a pair, which is the moniker of my whole career. And then it's my job to navigate through all this and try to move on to the next game. I think the Raiders should be 4-4. Four and four. I think they have the personnel. They played in all the games. They won two. They should have won two out of the three. They collapsed. They should be a four and four team. No one cares what I say. So I, I think they're better than two and six, but the train's left the station. The train's long gone. The train's gone in regards to how do you pull the season back into a manageable fashion. Well, I thought the only obvious win to me the entire year. The entire year was the indie game once they, once they benched a quarterback, Matt Ryan. Dumbest thing i ever seen. If I was Jeff Saturday today, first thing I'd do is hold the press conference if he's able, able to keep that job. They didn't do the Rooney rule. They didn't interview an African-American candidate. Total blank show in Indy, and they're coming to Vegas. First thing I would do if I'm Jeff Saturday and he gets to keep the job, hold the press conference, and i go, Matt Ryan's my quarterback. Matt Ryan, you go again. You're a future Hall of Famer. We're bringing you to Vegas. You're starting. That's what I would do. And then I throw it to the middle of the field 50 times and see what you can do. And he's going to do that coming in. And the Raiders are going to have to win. And if the Raiders win to get to two and six, they play it's the three and six, excuse me, they play Denver and Seattle. I think Seattle is beatable times 10. They're playing great. They're playing good. Believe me, you can beat Seattle. And. You know, I think Denver's been horrible for most of the year, but they're better than the Raiders now. You got a punter's chance to punter's chance to win that game. 
But you got to beat Indy, and you should have beat Jacksonville. And if you beat Jacksonville and Indy back-to-back, you're one game off of 500. And it changes everything. And we have not been afforded that opportunity to do that type of radio. We have not been afforded that opportunity to talk about getting back to 500, which was the goal a couple of weeks ago. And I'm sure it's the goal in the building on the football side, and it should be. Those are good coaches. Those are coaches that have had success in the past. Those are coaches that are used to winning more than losing. And they're going to dig through this dark, dark moment that we're seeing right now. What they have to do is find a way, and Josh McDaniel said that earlier today in his press conference, that they're just going to go back to work and try to do the right things. Because clearly they're doing the right thing in a lot of these games. They're just not finishing. How do they get to the point? Like, no one even wants to talk about how they get to the point where they're up 17 nothing in these games. No one cares about that anymore. That's important to me. How you, how you going up 17 nothing? You must be doing some good things in practice, in game plans, and all that. It works. You're burying teams, burying them early. How come you can't sustain that? How come you can't sustain that? And that's really the essence of the show. What happens when they go into the locker room? What happens after Devontae Adams helps him go up two scores here as Devontae Adams is unguardable on the road and he's wide open? Jacobs alone, setback behind Carr on a first and ten. Raiders working left to right. Snap, play action to Jacobs. Fake reverse to Hollins. Carr looking downfield. Devontae's wide open at the two. Grabs it. Touchdown, Raiders. The defender had fallen down, and Devontae Adams has his second touchdown grab of the half. I mean, that was beautiful. So they, they, he has two touchdowns. He's over 140 yards. The game is over. You bury him right there. And they weren't able to bury him. Uh, the missed pass to Abdullah, who was open in the end zone, the running back, to me was the game. Underthrown ball, inexcusable, a back who was kept on the roster for that play. You don't need him on the roster if you're not running that route and he doesn't catch it. You don't need him. How many running backs? You got 11? You got all these running backs. You run a play to Amir Abdullah. He's wide open in the end zone, wide open like Travis Kelsey usually is against the Raiders, and you miss him by five yards. Game over. Right there was like, oh, my God. Jacksonville's going to get the ball. They're going to get a field goal. They got a field goal. Why'd they get a field goal at the end of the half? Because the Raiders didn't tackle nor wanted to tackle. Wanted to keep people in bounds. Wanted to be physical. They didn't do that. They do the clock. That's why everybody who says, how come we defer? How come we win the toss and defer? That's exactly how Jacksonville won. They scored at the end of the half. They got the ball. Scored to start the third quarter. Game, set, match. They flipped the game on what most coaches do when they defer. They say, we don't know what's going to happen, but we know if we score at the end of the first half, three or seven or eight, and we score when we get the ball, we completely change the game, and it literally crushed the Raiders dead in their track, and they couldn't recover from it. Couldn't run a play. This quarterback, this quarterback did not run. I couldn't find stats on him. We had a couple of quarterbacks that were having the game of their life. Justin Fields. I looked around at the rushing quarterbacks here, and there is 0.0 mobility in the running game at the most important position in the league, quarterback. None. Uh, Josh, Josh Allen is jumping over people and hurdling him at the 50. 
Patrick Mahomes saved the game last night. He went 93 yards, ran for a 15-yard touchdown, and ran the two-point conversion in. If he doesn't run 15 yards for the touchdown or run in the conversion, Kansas City loses to a team that doesn't have a quarterback. Malik Willis couldn't even throw the ball from Ian to DeMond. And how'd they win? Because the quarterback ran. No mobility at the quarterback position. That's a big chunk of this league. Everybody, Trevor Lawrence, you see Trevor Lawrence run? He was running aggressively for first downs and trying to win the game. So what happened in the second half of that game? How do you correct it? We want to correct it because there's a lot of football left. We have a lot of games at Allegiant Stadium, a lot of pre-games and post-game shows to do, and we don't want to see this thing go in the tank. A lot of Raider fans think it's in the tank, and there's a lot of people that I'm talking with that don't think it's in the tank. There's a lot of work to do. We want to get behind the team. We want the team to win. Okay? We are not in your in your text group, hating this team as much as some of your friends hate this team. We're as pissed off as some of your friends in that text group, but we want this thing to get turned around. And I think the majority of the people who can hear me want it to get turned around. I've never been that guy that's like, I think we should lose every game on purpose and get the quarterback. I've never been that guy. You want to win games. You want to, It's a business. Mark Davis has a business here. You want the seats full. You want fans happy. You want to win games. So we want to talk about how to win. Okay, but very much knowing today that fans have got to get this off their chest. They have to talk about this. What's the rule? Say it with me. Be respectful. Don't make it personal. The second you make it personal and you talk about human beings personally, you're gone. That'll always be the rule here long after I'm gone. There'll be someone else behind me who'll say the same thing. Don't make it personal on the flagship. Don't say heinous things about people that are in my life and are in our lives here and they're our business partner here. But let it fly with the X's and O's and what you're seeing as we open it up and begin on the phones. Dusk till dawn. Start us off on the flagship of the Raiders. Go ahead. Thanks for calling. Hey, what's up, JT? You know you know, I, I, I'm on lithium drips watching the Raiders the last 42 years. If this was a Netflix or Amazon streaming series. Actually, HBO's got that hard knocks in season. I guess the Cardinals are on this year. Mm-hmm. You did the Raiders last year. You do them this year. You do them next year. It's a highly rated show. But I'm not about piling on. You, I guarantee you, in your post game and today, everyone's got an idea how to fix the Raiders and piling on and getting personal. It's not about that. It's about moving forward. And one thing I'm interested in, because you have two young boys, I have a young son, is how is this team moving forward to capture this fan base, this young fan base, in a new market because mm-hmm. right now it's a bad product. And we've seen the Raiders have a bad product. If I'm correct, JT, mm-hmm. you've been working for this team since 1997. You've seen a lot of losing years. You've seen a lot of losses. You've seen a lot of great wins. This mm-hmm. is a crazy season we're dealing with right yeah, now. Yeah, it is. How do we Go ahead. No, you're right. I've seen a lot of losing. I've seen some great moments. My first four years in 98, they were going to Super Bowl AFC championship games. I've saw recently good stuff, and I've talked to all the legends who came way before me and been in in Canton, Ohio, when they get inducted into the Hall of Fame. I've seen the greatness of the Raiders and met all these legends. Ray Guy, who passed away. This is just tough sledding. It's a tough portion of what we've all been going through. It's really difficult Eric, because you've been around too and you've covered this team, what's happening now is everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. That typically doesn't happen. And you know this living in Vegas. We've been friends a long time. The gaming analysts got it perfect. Perfect. They said last year they won too many games where they got lucky breaks at the end or they won on last-second plays, and that would all flip. 
and it flipped this year. They can't buy a win on the road. So the, the, the sports books got it. They knew that what the Raiders did last year most likely would not be sustained, but no, no one thought it would be this dramatic, right? Yeah, I agree. And, and again, how do you move forward? Because there's a lot of talent on this team. And you open your monologue and you say 4-4, four and four, you're absolutely right. And they can fix it. They will fix it. I'm not being one of these guys that says, you know, that's, that's very Pollyanna and says, oh, things are great. We know it's going to be a hard road ahead. I will say this. I'm going to pile on this. I'm tired of everyone coming on and talking about what could have been. All right? Rich Versace, I love the guy. Not Green Bay stinks. All right? Gus Bradley, he could have been named the interim coach in Indianapolis. He's had head coaching experience. They bring Jeff Saturday in. They might as well bring you and me in if they got rid of McDaniels. Okay? Guys at ESPN two days ago talking with Stephen A. Smith. Now he's a coach of the Colts. Greg Olson, our OC, is the assistant OC, assistant head coach for the Rams. How are they doing? So quit going to the past, everyone, and talking about how great it could have been if we would have kept guys. Josh McDaniels is our guy right now. You back him up, you go through the process. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. There'll be somebody else. There's talent on this team. Okay, Jake and I have I've gone through this together for 25 years. I go a lot longer with him uh, in this organization. I don't like looking back. He has a caller on last week that talked about Kenny King and the Raiders. Who cares? I, w- I watched that Super Bowl. I care about now. I care about the future. Let's fix this. All right, buddy. Thanks for calling in. Dust till dawn. Appreciate that. You know, I got a text from someone deeply involved who uh, just texted me right this second. He says, JT, you touched on this already, but you have to look at Philly. Two and five last year. Fans wanted Hurts gone. Absolutely wanted Nick Sirianni fired. Fact, I know it. I'm a Philly fan. Philly was broken, but they stayed the course. They brought, bought in and started building something for whatever reason. It took time. Same thing could possibly happen here if they're able to flip it. If not, we know what will happen. Yeah, Philly last year was two and five. Philly now is undefeated, the only undefeated team in football with their program and what happened. It took some time, but I don't remember Philly losing games last year the way that the Raiders are losing games this year. The Raiders are finding ways to lose games that are so dramatic. It's so dramatic, it's historic. That's what's crazy about this. We've had a front row seat to that. One more, Mick. Mick, thanks for waiting. You're up next on the flagship. Go ahead. Hey, JT, I, I love your passion, man. I'm not going to talk about the defense. When you play someone like Abrams, as long as you do, the defense is horrible. But they stopped him twice in the fourth quarter to give the offense mm-hmm. two cracks at it. They had a chance against the Chargers. They had multiple chances in the second half against Arizona. They had a chance at the end uh, against Kansas City. Tennessee. And we had it twice yesterday. And mm. I was going to say Tennessee yeah. on a two-point conversion. So here's my question, J.D. I want to be an inquisitor here, okay? Mm. I want you to answer this for me, please. You, you've been mostly a defender of McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I agree with the last call. We, we can't get rid of him right now. But look, Wes Walker, um, Edelman, you had a Hunter Renfro with almost 110 catches. What is going on? Why can't he replicate that with Renfro? Waller, why can't he get on the field? And here's the other thing. I'm going to go back for a second. You know, in 79, uh, Monday Night Football, Stabler down three touchdowns in the Superdome. He says to Flores, first-year coach, I made this mess. I'll clean it up. Plunkett stands up. You think even Hostetler or Gannon would allow this stuff? I I want to love Derek Carr, Mm -hmm. but he just doesn't get in people's grill, okay? He's had, what, nine years now? So here's my question. You're a huge defender of McDaniels. He's been horrible as an HC. OC, phenomenal. 
Why are all our players regressing, brother? Mm-hmm. The body language yesterday was atrocious by Carr, even when he was talking to McDaniels, even when with, with his mm-hmm. buddy, Devontae Adams. They're all regressing, man. Can you explain this to me? And Why are you defending McDaniels? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you right now. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I defend him because I work with him. He's the head coach of the team, that I'm on the flagship and I work for the team, and I want him to win. And I've seen the success he's had. He has a new system in place. The new system is supposed to be very exotic, supposed to be more unique, and it's not being executed. So the coach deserves the blame more so, and the players are right behind it. They can't get on the same page with it. I'm surprised by that, but I'm not going to sit here and say, fire him. I know the plan of Mark Davis. I'm privy to it and why they brought him in. It's a plan to get the team to a level where they're going to get better players, I mean, they've re-signed some players here who aren't playing well and not available, and they've gone down that road. And, again, the defense is I think that Josh McDaniels comes from a place where he could be a great offensive head coach, offensive head coach, and build the staff around him with defensive coordinators and coaches that can win games. He's proven that he can win games. These are collapses. These are collapses. So I'm not hugely defending him. I think I'm killing the team right now for 20 minutes for what happened the last couple of weeks. But the point I'll say is they have a plan in place that's putting him in the all of these games to win, and they're getting close to winning some of them unless they collapse. The only thing I cannot defend are the collapses. I can't defend the collapses. A loss in a tight game, I can get a week out of that. I can tell you about the one or two plays that could have changed everything. I cannot defend a collapse, nor will I, and I'm not asked to defend a collapse. Okay? So that's what we are. Okay? I'm not a podcaster from Livermore who comes in here every day and does a podcast saying fire the coach for 35 hits. I'm trying to run a radio show where there is a plan of content and how to get it going. I haven't been able to do that this year. I haven't been able to expand my content on this team because the losses are so bleep and dramatic. I got to put out a forest fire every Monday and Tuesday on what happened with the collapses. The coach takes all the heat. He stands up every time I've seen him, and he answers every question. At the podium, and he takes it. Okay? The players now are looking at this going, wait a second, we need a little bit more leadership from other players and teammates, and we need better from the coaching staff. That's where we are at on Monday, November 7th, 2022. A place I thought we'd never be at together, but I dip the show in reality every day. And reality is, I'm not going to be negative 24-7 in my life. I'll be negative for two hours during the day. I ain't starting my day and ending my day that week, that way. We're trying to fix this. We're trying to fix it with fans, guests, analysis, and figure out what's happening. Is it more difficult to do it when you're blowing 17-point leads? Yeah, it is. A little bit more difficult because you can't, you cannot look at everything and figure out what went wrong. You just look at the score and the collapse. These are epic collapses, epic collapses in the history of the Raiders through three regular season losses like I've never seen before. The encouragement is they're there in every game. If they didn't collapse, they win them all pretty easy. Why did they collapse? Who to blame? Why to blame them? And let's do it. And let's go to the game and try to have a good time. And if you don't want to have a good time at the game and you want to scream and yell, please feel welcome to do that at Allegiant Stadium. I'm not here to guide anyone and tell them how to react. I'm just here to run a fast-paced, interactive radio show. 
That's it. It's the only reason I was brought in in 98 and the only reason why I hope they keep me because we come in every day, balls out, trying to, trying to figure this out and hope that the Raiders win. Because I'm not going to sit with the people who hope the Raiders lose out and want them to lose every game and love misery. Okay, so that's about as hard as I can go here. How long, Damon? You're just screaming at me to go to breaks at 12.31. We'll come back and do it again. Right? That's what they do in sports radio today. They rinse and repeat. You know, the national guys every day talk Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. For two hours a day, I talk Raiders. I did a three-hour show last night, didn't talk to one Raider fan on Sirius XM. You know what we talked about? Kansas City's epic comeback. Tom Brady scoring on the final play of the game and the Jets and the Jets winning and beating the Buffalo Bills. Here for two hours, we talk about the silver and black. Let's take advantage of the format. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show brought to you by Modelo, a proud sponsor of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. JT, thanks for coming back, everybody. Thanks to Virgin Hotels Las Vegas, where they had train on Friday night. Thanks to Boz and Ann and the whole team over there. That was fun. The Who on Saturday. Big weekend. And then uh, thanks to our entire team at M Resort for our pre- and post-game as we were out there. On Sunday, it was a tough one, no doubt about it, but we had great service, a great crowd, and uh, thanks for coming out for everybody who makes the effort on those early, early morning starts. We've had two pregame shows. We were on the air at 8 a.m. early in the morning, and uh, the diehards were there. We really appreciate it. So, Devontae Adams making news. This has gone viral. His comments, emotional after a game. Devontae wanting to win as much as anyone in the organization. Soon after the game, where you look at the tape, but it's the third time you guys have been up by at least 17 and not been on the right end of the score at the end of the game. Is there a common theme there besides what you just mentioned? Maybe? You just got to continue doing whatever it was that put you in that position. I feel like we've gotten away from that too many times. You know, whether it was just the you know the way that that we decided to attack them or just the execution. Like I said, just fit, just finishing plays because. You know, the, the players make the plays. It's not the, the, the scheme and all of that. That helps you. But at the end of the day, you can't put it on the coach to, you know, that's just the way I think about it. I feel like especially, you know, if you got a freaking high school team, and that's one thing. But if you got a bunch of grown men been doing it for a long time and had success in this league and know how to win games, you got to find a way to win. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, the, the way we were attacking in the first half was um, it was working to a certain extent. You know, obviously, like I said before, we could we could be better, but it was working, and I feel like we got away from that, and you know, started playing the game a little different. And that that that's not the way we got to do it. We got to take the field, be ready to make plays, and and convert on whatever whatever's called. You got off to a fast start, obviously. Yeah. Um, was there anything that they were doing to like uh, slow it down? I mean, obviously, they're going to make adjustments, but yeah. not really. I mean, not not taking anything away from there. I think they played a good game. They played a really good second half. You know, they, they finished a lot better than what we did, so that's not a, a slight at them at all. But I wouldn't look at it like that. There's been a played in a million games where I can tell you yes, but I wouldn't say that there was any magic thing that was done. We could have continued doing what we were doing in the first half, and it would have been, you know, who knows. But I feel like we didn't put ourselves in the best position just based off the way we came out in the second half. All right, so that's a really important soundbite. Let's go over what he said there. He basically said that the players have to make the plays, not the coaches. But he also thought they got away from what was working, which I think we all agree with. I think we, everybody understands that if the game plan, if they, if they don't make the right adjustments, and it's clear that there's been a few games this year, a few of them, because they won two, 
and they've lost three where they were up 17 to nothing. One game they were up 20 nothing. In all those losses, everybody is rightfully talking about the adjustments that the other team made and why didn't the Raiders do anything differently. I think the big game to talk about is this last one, the Jacksonville game, because it was working so well. You got to throw out the Kansas City game. No matter what worked in Kansas City to go up 17-0, they're going to come back. You know it. So you stay with it, and maybe you want to get more balanced. What happened with Arizona was one guy, Kyler Murray, could not be tackled. This team is a terrible tackling team. Most of the players who can't tackle will not be back. Not be back no matter what happens. They'll be out. They don't tackle well. And then this game, I think it's more on the offense. The defense, we know, is not very good other than a couple of players. They don't cover. So you can't get much of a pass rush with everybody triple-teaming or double-teaming Max. Chandler Jones is just not the player that everybody expected he would be. I think he knows that. I mean, he wants to be the player that everybody thought he could be. For whatever reason, he can't do it. The offense is the problem I had because in, in a game like this, the quarterback needs to run more. The quarterback has to have a couple of exceptional pocket breaking down. Everybody's on Devontae. He's got to run. And it didn't exist. And I thought that that really made this an issue because they never respected Derek as a runner in the game. And I've always, I've always complimented Derek as a good runner when he runs unless he chooses not to. In this game, he was under duress. He was able to kind of wiggle his way out of some pressure from time to time. But his head was always up looking for someone instead of running. Do we get that? If you don't get that, then turn me off. Turn the channel and go go do something else. Go watch The View. Because that's what I think he has to do. I think there are times when Derek has to take off and run, which could be really damn dangerous and tough to do, but he's got to do it. In this game again, DeMond, I haven't found the stats. I, I, don't, I don't know if he attempted to run or what happened in a Sunday where some quarterbacks had the greatest running days of their life. We need more out of this quarterback's legs. You can't be up 17 to nothing in a must-win game and have zero yards rushing from a position that everyone who's coming into the league who's young and everybody who's in the league who is great, they all have one thing in common. They run. They're great passers, but they also run. That is non-existent with this team. That has to change. It has to change. It doesn't work. You can't win games without your quarterback running several times a game under duress to get a first down or two. It saves the game. You're going, oh, my God, instead of throwing it out of bounds, instead of throwing it out of bounds or check down, take off and get 11 yards. It's not difficult to get 11 yards when there's chaos downfield. And that's not happening. So who's, whose fault is that? Josh McDaniels or Derek Carr? Let's split it down the middle and say both. Let's just say they called the play. It wasn't executed right because the offensive line can't pass protect. And Derek couldn't run because there was a linebacker five feet away. I get it. But what about all the other plays when I looked at the film last night late? And there was 15 yards where at least he could have attempted to run a juke to the left, a juke to the right, fall forward extending the ball, nine-yard gain, and now it's third and one instead of third and 11 or third and 12 or third and nine. We need the quarterback's game to be better. He's a very good quarterback. I'm not putting it all on him, but in order for the Raiders not to collapse in games, the quarterback has to be exceptional. And he's got a lot going against him with the protection that he has. And I can't fix it. I can't go and get him two new offensive line linemen who are going to the Pro Bowl this year.
He's got to do it on his own. And it's really tough when he doesn't. Mr. Black, you're up next. Thanks for calling the flagship of the Raiders. Go ahead. Hey, aloha, JT. Um, yeah, I, uh, you're, I agree with you uh, totally. And uh, as far as uh, coach, you know, let's let him finish out the year. Um, you know, if we only win a couple more games, it's going to be rough. But uh, this whole thing about, you know, I've been watching football for over 50 years. Mm-hmm. These teams that go up, and it happens in so many games, the one Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Falcons is probably the biggest example. Teams get a big lead in the first half. You know, they're just killing the other team. And then this happens so often, it just turns around in the second half. And the team that's just killing them in the first half, all of a sudden everything changes. The other team storms back and ends up winning. And that's just just the straightest thing. It's been happening for years. Uh, I don't know why that is. But that course, doesn't, well, hold one, on a second. That doesn't happen to elite defenses. It, it happens all the time to Kansas City, right? Kansas City's the perfect example. How does Kansas City go down 17 nothing, 21 nothing, 14 nothing, and win all these games? It's not because their defense. Their defense gives up a lot of points early. They're a mess. Mahomes, Mahomes takes them back. They believe in the locker room they're going to come back. The coach exactly. and the quarterback believe they're going to come back, and they go on this epic march to do it. Exactly. And that's what the Raiders have to find. The Raiders have to yeah, find what McDaniels that, you know, and Carr. That's, uh, that's what Brady did with you know against the Falcons, but you see that a lot. But I, uh, one thing I do know, mm-hmm. and I know Mark Davis is being uh, a patient, but, but his dad... He wouldn't have put up with this. Well, I, uh, he would have already fired him. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know that to be accurate. I don't know what Mr. Davis would have been at the time. Mr. Davis had some coaches near the end that were not winning, weren't competitive, and they were good hires by Mr. Davis when he made them, and it didn't work out. A lot of good coaches. Right, Norv Turner was a hell of a coach, hell of a coach, in the same category as McDaniel's, an elite offensive coordinator, head coach, trying to get it done. Right, didn't work. You move on from certain coaches after a period of time. This is just starting here. So I understand why fans want it to end. The owner had a plan in place. And these gentlemen who got the job, very important point, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, did not have to take it. They did not have to take it. They did their due diligence, too. They came into the building, saw the building, saw the facility, saw the marketplace, saw the players that they wanted to keep, and they said, man, this is a good fit for us. We can come in here with the knowledge that we have in the league and the fact that Dave and Josh are really tied together like brothers, and they could take the team to the next level eventually. All I've been telling you is their plan, their plan involved a portion of the deconstruction of the former roster to get the players that they wanted. They really haven't had a lot of time to do that because what they've really been doing is signing the players that they thought were worth keeping. you got to put a team out there. You can't get rid of every player. You can't say, I don't want any of these guys. Give me two years to bring in my own guys. doesn't work. You have to put a product out on the field. They tried to make the right decisions on who to keep. Some of that hasn't worked. Some, they brought in new players. Some of that hasn't worked, i.e. Chandler Jones. And you look at who they decided to keep and how they constructed those contracts to get out of those contracts, okay? But it's not going to work if no one believes in their system. And a lot of the fans don't believe in the system here. A lot of people in football believe in it and think it's one hell of a bumpy ride, man. It's been really chaotic and crazy in these three games. 
I wish I could erase these three games, man, because they had big leads. If they lost the games, I think there'd be a lot less fire in the kitchen. The way they lost the games enable the criticism to be louder and more just. The criticism is well-deserved, and it's louder because of the way they lost the games. If they lost these games 24-23 to and they were down seven, up three, down seven, up four, and they lost them, it wouldn't be as toxic and as loud as being up 17 in two of the games and 20 in another and losing all three of them. And that's something I'm not used to. I've been a fan my whole life. I haven't seen losses like this. It's very rare. It's very rare that you could lose games this way. And the guy who's got to be shocked more than anybody is Josh McDaniels because he's been a lifer in the league. He's spent his whole life in this league. He's not used to seeing this. Even when he was beating everybody and pounded them to death with Tom Brady, this doesn't happen much, and it's happening right now. And I don't know how you get out of it. I just think you got to keep the locker room together. you got to hope the leaders on the team step up, and you got to get a win against Indy. And when we come back... We'll talk about the chaos in Indy today. You think it's rough sledding here today? Well, believe what's going on in Indianapolis. Even the sharpest NFL insiders are tweeting some of the most crazy things I've ever seen. Jeff Saturday, the new head coach of the Colts. We're brought to you by Resorts World, my home for Monday Night Football, Doghouse Saloon, and Red Tail. Go there to watch sports and have a great experience. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Grimaldi's Pizzeria, home of the famous New York-style coal-fired brick oven pizza. JT, back with you. Thanks for coming back. Brought to you by Grimaldi's, as you just heard from my friend Steph McKenzie, best pizza I ever had. So Jeff Saturday is the new Colts interim head coach. He's really good on TV. He's on first take with Stephen A. Now he's the coach. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But he's going to have these guys running through walls in the locker room coming out here. All he wants to do is win his first game as a head coach of the Colts. I don't I don't even think he wants to be a head coach. Like, I think the owner called him and said, would you do this? I really do. He called him on a TV set. And he said, yeah, I don't even know if he's going to coach the team because maybe the Rooney rule. There's like so much going on here. But Jeff Saturday who is a great player in this league, will have his team, if he's the head coach, ready to play emotionally. And the emotion of the Raiders are in question now because of the collapses in these games. Chris in West Oakland checking in on the flagship after last night. Hello, Chris. Hi, JT. Yeah, a little little more calm today, although I wasn't as bad yesterday as I thought. And, you know, One thing I'll say about Jeff Saturday, you know, if the guy chooses this is what he wants to do, I've always thought Jeff Saturday would be a great coach. The guy's got a phenomenal football mind, but more importantly, he's got a demeanor that I think he'll be a leader of men, which is sometimes I'm going to get to that with Josh McDaniel in just a minute about it's not so much about X's and O's. But I want to go back to what you said earlier. I agree with you a thousand percent about needing more out of car, needing more out of things. I'd like to see him run more. I'd like to see him do more things with his legs. However, the Raiders are only the third team in NFL history to blow three leads of at least 17 points or more in a season, and we're only at the halfway point. I will not blame the offense. I don't care if the offense doesn't pick up another yard. 
If you can't win one of three games that you have this big of a lead, that falls 1,000% on the defense. Now, if you want to blame the offense to the point, I don't like the philosophy coming out of halftime yesterday. The Raiders passed the ball all over the field. Then all of a sudden, now they decide it's time to pound Josh Jacobs. And we've talked about this over and over. It's those give-up runs on first and second down up the middle when they've got eight and nine in the box, when they knew what the Raiders were doing. Then on third and 12, cars running for his life. I just don't like the play calling. I don't like the philosophy. But at some point, it's got to be on the defense. The Philadelphia Eagles have been shut out three separate times in the second half this year. They've won all three games. And this is where I'm going to get to the deconstruction of the roster. We won 10 games a year ago. And this is where a fan, I'm losing patience. Remember, I've never been a fan of the Patriot way or the Patriot assistance. It's not an opinion. It's an undeniable fact that every single Patriot assistant has been an abysmal failure when they've left the Patriots and didn't get to take Tom Brady with them. We won 10 games a year ago. Gruden had us at 3-0 and before he got to the emails and everything happened. Then 5-2 and before Henry Ruggs happened. Rich Passaccia had these guys ready to fight and play every week. That's my worry about Josh McDaniels. I don't care about X's and O's. And when you call the guy a great coordinator, again, the guy got to play with Tom Brady his whole career. That's the ultimate security blanket. He reminds me now of a rich kid that gets kicked out of his dad's house and doesn't have his parents' money to play with anymore and has to make it on my own. The world's a lot different when you don't have the greatest of all time. I don't know if he can succeed going forward. But to me, he doesn't get the undeniable benefit of the doubt from the Raider fans. I think it's a fair question after his failure in Denver and what's happened here. And I'm going to say one more thing. I've never said anything bad about Mark Davis. I respect the hell out of what he's done with the organization and getting this new stadium, things he never thought could be done. But at some point, you've got to start looking at some of the decisions he's made. Two head coaches have led the Raiders to the playoffs, JT, in the last 20 years. Del Rio was gone one year later after an injury-riddled 2017, and Rich Passaccia didn't even get a second chance. Again, I understand, in theory, why they made the choice. I wasn't for it as a fan. It's proven to be true now. I hope this is just a bump in the road, but if it does get really bad and this team sinks and only wins three or four games this year, I'd love to go out and take a run at Sean Payton. For now, you've got to get behind Josh McDaniels and hope things get better. But I don't want to hear about the deconstruction of a roster, at least on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball, that already won 10 games. And defensively, I don't need to be paid millions of dollars to know Trayvon Merrick and Jonathan Abram cannot play in the NFL. So I'm blaming that 1,000% on Dave Ziegler and McDaniels for bringing these guys back that have basically sucked for the last three or four years anyway. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, first off, Merrick was a high draft pick. He's going to get an opportunity to play in this league and has a skill set. And Jonathan Abram didn't get a fifth-year option from Dave Ziegler, I think, for a reason. And they gave him an opportunity to play, and that's fair. And when it comes to Josh McDaniels, Chris, you and I are friends will disagree. When you have six Super Bowl rings for calling plays, you're a great offensive mind. Your call will not affect the six rings he has in a safe somewhere around there and all the success and all the victory parties and AFC championship games and all the AFC divisional playoff games that they won. Yes, they had Tom Brady. Bill Walsh had Joe Montana. You can go back to the beginning of the history of football as far as you want to go back, and Vince Lombardi wouldn't have won without Bart Starr. You can't criticize coaches for winning with great players. But you're right about one thing. Some coaches are better than others as head coaches. And Josh McDaniels knows this. He knows the criticism of himself. He knows that he's got to prove that he can win as a head coach in this league. 
And as of now, it's really rough for him to defend that because the team isn't winning and they're losing dramatically. And we all know that. We can all agree on what's the problem and what could happen. And we understand that you all have different opinions on coaches. And I respect all of that. These guys who are getting criticized can handle all of it and even more. We're just hoping that they can turn it around quickly here and beat the Colts coming up at home this Sunday.